this one Instagram account got something ridiculous like 10, 20, 30, 40,000 followers. Mm. We know how much money these people are making. Are we a little bit jealous? There, there is a, a thing about Ireland, we are a community. So it works both ways. We mm-hmm. can be really, really supportive. But if someone sort of loses the run of themselves or gets, gets a few notions now... Very quick to tear them down. We, we are kind of quick to tear them down. And welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I'm delighted to welcome to studio today news correspondent with the Sunday Business Post, Colette Sexton, and actress and writer Amy DeVroon. The makeup fairy Joanne Larby will be talking to us later on about the recent influencer scandal. I think we can call it a scandal at this point. And we have basketball player Tiffany Corselli in for our Spotlight on Sport as well. Ladies, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So before we get stuck in, we are going to play a little game. It's called Six Words or Less, and it's for our listeners and our readers of Her.ie who may not know who you are. So it's like Ron Seal, right? You just do what it says on the tin. So describe yourselves in six words or less. Amy, you're up first. <laughs> okay. Uh, actress and creative hoping to inspire. Oh, that's nice. That's a really good one. <laughs> I feel inspired already. Colette? Good. <laughs> I have stole, my, stole mine off my Instagram bio, so it is always writing and nearly always right. Oh, oh I like it. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> why Why nearly always right? Well, I have to admit that sometimes I might be wrong occasionally. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm yet to find a time, but, you know, I'm sure it'll come. I love that. <laughs> so we are going to get into our first topic. We're going to talk about influencers and bloggers. And it's fair to say that it has been a mad few weeks for people in the industry. There's been caller-outer accounts. There's been exposed YouTube confessions. There's been fake press conferences. There's been death threats. It's very, very dramatic. So I spoke to Joanne Larby earlier on in the week. She's one of the most influential bloggers. And she was possibly targeted the most by this anonymous Instagram account called Bullshit Caller Outer. And here's how we got on. I started off, my background was actually in child psychology. I was a teacher and I had studied makeup artistry in art college as well. So two very different backgrounds. And at a time when I was working full-time as a teacher and a nanny, I basically started a blog as a means to kind of be proactive in terms of my makeup artistry freelance and to just push my name out there. This is about five years ago now. And through actively pushing a blog during a time when blogging was barely known in Ireland and influencing certainly didn't exist, um, it was more of a passion to explore the journalistic side of writing and reviewing beauty products and just exploring a passion that I had had for so long whilst I taught. And it just kind of grew from there very organically. Brands started to pick up and notice me. Um, And the more I worked with brands, the more I got noticed. And as I continued to teach for two years, I actually got signed as a plus size model and started to model and do styling as well as hair and makeup behind the scenes and then featuring all of that content and lifestyle kind of aspects on my blog, which continued to grow. And I basically got to a point where I was working seven days a week as, as I said, a teacher, nanny, blogger, makeup artist um, and all of those things combined. And I just had to make a decision whether to explore the avenue of blogging full time or to continue teaching and keeping it subsidiary. So I went with my gut and got a web designer to properly overhaul the website and really put effort into making it function like an online magazine and work with bigger brands. And at that point, then I started to work with a lot of different makeup companies and do touring around Ireland and basically do social media seminars on how to kind of build a business utilising social media and also make up masterclasses and lifestyle events like dressing for your figure and different kind of fashion events where Mm. I spoke about entrepreneurship and my role in the business. So I mean I suppose touching on the social media thing there a little bit influencers have been under the spotlight 
more recently in Ireland. I suppose you could call it negative attention, but it has been pretty much 50-50 in terms of the response to a number of these Mm -hmm. call-out accounts that have surfaced. So the phrase cyberbullying and online bullying has been thrown around as well. And I know you spoke about it at the time and now the dust has settled a little bit. But can you tell me how this whole thing has affected you personally? Um, I think, as as you've exactly and correctly described, it's very much 50-50. So I think it has been, yeah. Speaking for myself, yeah, speaking from my own side of things, I've definitely taken some points on board. And I think that it's incredibly important to listen to our audience, which are also, for me, customers and people that I directly speak to daily, you know, whether it be on Snapchat or DMs or, or private emails. I don't like word influencer because it actually denotes that it's a one-way relationship and that you are influencing and directing something at an audience which I don't really like I actually wrote an article about why I hate the word and and kind of explores that a little bit further but I prefer to see it as a balanced relationship so just the way I put something out I prefer to take that on board as well so I think with this I definitely have taken on some points where people are slightly upset with the industry and, and with anything when it kind of becomes I suppose, so filled with, you know, saturated and and it's such a prominent part of our society. Now, we do need to look at adaptations and change and take those on board. And I know that a lot of people have spoken about the likes of heavily edited images and, you know, to be more real with the audience, which is very important. I know from my point of view, I use social media differently depending on the platform so Snapchat for me I'm as real as it can get as in I rarely come on with makeup I talk about very real issues and and situations that are more personal to me whereas my perfected life is most certainly Instagram and it is a social media platform that was brought about to be that a very creative Mm. perfected feed with filters and I think that there needs to be an acceptance that perhaps if you don't like that approach you probably should follow people on a different alternative platform to see more of the transparent real them but also accept that if you like following a person they're going to show different elements and aspects of themselves depending on that platform yeah. so if you if you are not a fan of that perfected filtered life absolutely i don't like the phrase oh just unfollow I would just choose to follow in a different way, for example, the likes of Snapchat, that's speaking for myself. Um, but definitely to show what I've even started doing is kind of showing a little bit of the production side of things. So to show an image in its raw state before editing and then the process thereafter. So I've kind of taken a board. Maybe people want to know about this and maybe it's not clear because we're immersed in it. I'm very aware of it and have been for a few years. If you look at the likes, I always use this as a comparison. If you watch TV and you watch, say, a mascara ad, there will always be an asterisk in small writing on the lower right-hand corner that will specify the model in said ad is not just using the mascara. They have eyelash extensions and it has been further digitally enhanced. So perhaps that is lost a little bit in the likes of blogging because we seem to be so relatable and girl next door-esque except for we are also working with such huge brands now like the likes of TV and media that has always been in existence so we have to keep both sides happy which is sometimes a little bit tricky. I do think that some of the side-by-side comparisons of you know pictures from years ago and stuff I think everybody was saying well that's ridiculous if we get up a picture of ourselves in 2004 no one's going to look like the Mae West and I think people kind of acknowledge that as well but you know the word the word online bullying and, and trolling was used and a few of your kind of really big online bloggers and influencers the likes of Louise Cooney and Sosumi came out and said that anyone who supports and follows or engages with these accounts and pages 
are setting themselves up to bully and troll and they should really take a look at themselves. I mean, do you think that that's too mm-hmm. harsh? Do you think that it's not online bullying and it's not trolling if people are afraid that perhaps it's false advertising? I think that unfortunately, I know I can speak for a few of the big bloggers, when we all stood together that day when it first surfaced and put out that kind of, um, that statement around bullying, it was a little bit misconstrued. And the reason for that is what we mean with online bullying. Okay, so that's a straw that kind of broke the camel's back to bring it to everybody's attention. However, it's more so the daily hatred that we would receive. I mean, I have, when you open your snaps, I wouldn't even repeat some of the things that I'm I'm often said now. It's very infrequent, thankfully. And yeah. of course, it's 99% positive. But that 1% could catch you. I could be in the middle of a meeting that's super positive to do with something that's stressing me out as regards my profession behind closed doors that no one knows about. And I will just get someone telling me to shut the F up, you stupid beep, 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 beep. Yeah. And it's very... That's that's where it's too far you know whether it's someone commenting on someone's children and berating them privately by sending abusive messages or whether it's just very invasive um, commentary on somebody's relationship or relationship breakdown when it's very full on and beyond the realms of a simple comparative photo that's the bullying it's It's when you're literally going about your day and it is personal messages that I just wouldn't I just wouldn't even show online because they are so rude and ignorant and, and out of nowhere. I suppose Just literally abusive. Trying to take maybe a positive from, from what's happened over the last kind of couple of weeks, I've noticed that some bloggers online now are beginning to explain the filters that they use and the tweaks that they've made, mm-hmm. be it big or small, to images and, and kind of, I noticed on, on your page you were like, you know, go check out the boomerang, this is my body and stuff for anybody who's kind of considering mm-hmm. that. Do you think that things are going to change for your industry moving forward and do you think that maybe this whole can of worms that opened my actually turn into a positive for everybody inside the industry and looking in? I think so and I'm someone who's always glass half full. I think that we can all learn from every experience and definitely turn it into positive. So taking it on board that people definitely want more transparency. So if bloggers are continuing to want to have a perfected feed to at least um, explain how it's done as you've mentioned um, you know to show the how it's edited or yeah. even just put a disclaimer perhaps if that's mandatory especially with the likes of ads more so. So I am 100% in agreement with the likes of if somebody is promoting, say, for example, that a product like, I, I, this is just a, for argument's sake, a slimming tablet or something like that. Yeah. First of all, it's going to be controversial anyway because the tablet is not going to slim you and they're, they're going to have negative side effects. But if somebody was and they're photoshopping their body in the after picture to be half its size, that's false advertising. Yeah. There is no doubt about it. And the consumer and the, ad, um, the person uh, that is giving out about it and kind of talking about it online is within their right 1000%. But it's just to be aware that I suppose I, I, I'm interested myself to see where it will go because I do think Instagram is that lovely platform where people enjoy scrolling beautiful feeds. So even if you're editing a table, a bottle of water, you know, a collation of flowers or a face, people do want to see that polished imagery. And I don't think that that will change, but I think perhaps in Ireland especially, they just want more of a real caption to coincide perhaps yeah. with the image or something like that and I think even on the likes as I said Snapchat is the most real of all platforms to, so to use our voice on that and be a little bit more clear about real issues yeah. I mean I know I discussed my own kind of um, personal issues that I suppose it, it's about following a person and who they are instead of just 
that isolated, polished image yeah. and knowing that they're not just about selling a product or how they look, that it shouldn't just be about the aesthetic of the before and after body. It should be what they're speaking about, what charities they're working for, what business they're giving across. Are they inspirational? Are they aspirational? You know, it's not just to be confined to that image. I suppose we'll have to see. Well, Joanne, thanks so much for taking the call. And I know it's a tough topic to talk about, so I do really appreciate finding out things from your point of view. No problem. Thanks a million. So I have to give her some credit, right? I reached out to a lot of bloggers to talk about this and nobody really responded. A couple did, but the big names were just ignoring me and it seems like they've kind of gone to the ground a little bit. So what did you guys think of her? <laughs> I th- Well, I found her very articulate yeah. and very clear on her point. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm just curious, did the bloggers that you reached out to, did they were they kind of solely bloggers or were they people who had she seems to have so many other kind of strings to her bow yeah I mean to be honest with you I was really trying to get people who were targeted by this Instagram account so I reached out to so Sumi Rosie Connolly Louise Cooney just everybody who was basically and she was actually probably on that the most so I was quite surprised when she got back to me Um, but like you said I thought she was really articulate Mm. I was full sure that I had one kind of thing in my mind about this whole debacle I was like I I fully believe that this is wrong and then when I spoke to her she kind of made me think twice a little bit Colette you wrote about this in the Sunday Business Post um, a great article and you were very clear you actually called it a public health issue it is a public health issue and going to the butted out or collar out or page on Instagram these images that influencers are putting up are really 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 edited I mean it's really intense and I know Joanne made the point that yeah well when Britney Spears was in a music video her images were edited as well but Britney Spears is supposed to be like this A-list celebrity that's untouchable whereas influencers are supposed to be the girl next door and it is illegal to be putting up pictures promoting products and then claiming that you know this product helped your skin or this product helped you lose weight when really you're just photoshopping yourself to look like you've lost weight or look like you've perfectly smooth skin like that is against the law it's false advertising and I know that influencers are out on their own and Joanne was explaining everything that she has to do as as a person working on her own but that's a business it's a sole trader and a sole trader in any other industry needs to be aware of the laws around that industry I suppose like in terms of what she said, she said that Instagram was kind of a platform where you're supposed to look perfect. It's basically, that's why it was set up. It's for creativity and beauty and all this. And then she said it was almost a bit of a justification saying that on my Snapchat, I'm completely honest and I've got no makeup and you can see me. So she was kind of saying that her true followers know what she's really like. And this account was taking extreme images. And Amy, do you think that there's any kind of merit in that, that maybe the different platforms can be used differently in terms of how you're portraying yourself to your followers? I, I mean, I I suppose there is. I could, I could see her point, but, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, I think she was saying something about if you, you know, if you don't like it or there's a certain, you know, you want a more honest look, mm. go to Snapchat or pick your platforms carefully. And I just felt like going, it would make me just want to come off it yeah. altogether. And I don't know whether that that's because I'm I'm slightly older, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, uh, but it would just, 
so I don't really know if there's there's merit in kind of like oh well I'm being really honest on this page but this yeah. page but again Instagram you know that's what you sign up to you sign up to the, the, like the whole point of Instagram is you put up a photo and you filter it yeah. you know to make it look as beautiful as possible and we all filter like I have to say we yeah. all put filters but I'm not getting paid a huge amount of money yeah. to put up I have no problem with putting up filters. Yeah. Filters are fine. It's when they download Facetune and mm. they're editing photos and videos. I mean, have you guys used Facetune? I downloaded it to see how much you can change. You yourself. can change a huge amount. It's yeah, unbelievable how much you can change yourself. And when those edited images are going up, the majority of these influencers, their followers, are teenage girls. They're already under severe pressure. Like I often say to my friends, we're so lucky that we grew up in the age of dial-up and Bebo, and that's mm. all we totally. had. Yeah. I mean, I w- like if you had Facebook and then your popularity is actually measured based on how many likes you get on your profile picture. Dealing with that and then your favourite influencer telling you that if you buy this, you'll look great and they're actually lying about it. That is having a massive implication on teenage girls in Ireland. And the rates of anorexia and bulimia are doubling in this country. We don't actually have proper stats on it, but we have stats on the amount of girls that have been hospitalised due to anorexia and bulimia. And it's doubled between two 2005 and 2015. That's not including people who have been gone, who've gone to their doctor, their local GP, to get some kind of treatment for this. So we don't actually have, we only have um, stats from the HSD based on how many teenagers have been treated with this in a hospital. Yeah. We don't have stats on how many. How, how many other people have been treated in a hospital we don't have stats on how many people are being treated at home or with their GP or how many people have any other kind of eating disorder and these kind of images are just fueling that I'm not saying that it's influencers fault that this is happening but they sure could do a lot to help people I suppose like because we are maybe you know like you said we grew up in a slightly different age we're a little bit older so we know that these images are edited like I, Mm. I see them out and about I see these bloggers like nobody has blurry faces like that you know so we all know so I suppose it is the younger audience that we are being or that we should be concerned about but at the same time Amy do you think that are we kind of begrudgers like as in Irish people like this happened this one Instagram account got something ridiculous like 10, 20, 30, 40,000 followers Mm. we know how much money these people are making are we a little bit jealous? There, there is a, a thing about Ireland we are a community but uh, so so it works both ways we mm-hmm. can be really really supportive but if someone sort of loses the run of themselves or gets, gets a few notions now very quick to tear them down we, we are kind of quick to tear them down and it is and it is just the nature of it and, and lo- loads of people I've met before that have lived in small towns or things have said there's the tall poppy syndrome isn't that what it's called you know um, and I can feel I, I even sense that I lived in London for uh, nearly nine years and I moved over there like pretty much straight from school, went to drama school, uh, worked over there and then came back over here. And, and I noticed there was such a difference in like in, in London, you just you network and you get out there and you're 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 putting your CV in people's yeah. faces and you're, you know, you're you you're kind of you're you're playing the game a bit when you come home it's like it's a different vibe you have to be very careful not to annoy people not to go too far not yeah. to you know be too in your face not to be too com- too confident um so i think we do have a we do have a, a there is a bit of an issue about that in ireland but i also think at the same time 
you know it's it's a bigger problem it's 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 a social media problem it's yeah. not you, we can't we can't blame the monsters that we've created we created this you know uh, social media create like if you're talking about I'm not calling you know uh, me, social media influencers monsters but I mean as in if, yeah. if we're you can't blame it we've created this kind of uh, world we've created this Yeah I mean I agree with that and the thing is as well Colette everything that you said I completely agree with and it's very factual like you said you you are right a huge amount <laughs> of the time so I'll agree with all of your stats but at the same time like if we were to look at the example of that girl that 22 year old British blogger who sent the email to the White Moose Cafe she she's getting death threats now like she's getting really awful awful backlash for essentially doing something that every other person, every other blogger and influencer does. The White Moose Cafe obviously called her out and it became this huge massive media incident and and it got coverage across the world. Um, Like, I don't think that's right either. I wouldn't go so far as to say, well I think, you know, death threats and stuff are obviously completely not okay. I wouldn't go so far as to say online bullying. I feel like these women, you know, are well able to take care of themselves. They're in the nature of that. They know that this is happening. Do you think we've gone too far in kind of burning them at the stake, essentially? I think that there's a couple of different issues at play there. So there's definitely begrudgery when it comes to influencers. Mm. And traditional media are just as bad. You know, they'll they'll write them off as you know fickle and frivolous and they don't count and and that kind of thing but I mean like the fact of the matter is that influencers are taking advertising money away from what would have gone into traditional media back in the day Um, I think when it comes to the White Moose Cafe I think that Paul from the White Moose Cafe is probably the best marketer we have in the country at the moment he is very very good I think that they will study him in marketing classes in years to come I mean I do not agree at all with what he did and I think that 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 blogger that reached out to him Ella Darby was doing something that has happened for decades I mean magazines newspapers they all do reviews of places for free now it is probably a little clearer that it is for free I mean most magazines and newspapers if they write about something they'll say at the top this was paid for by whatever travel agency or, or whatever it is so she probably thought that she was doing something right she's obviously it's not been the first time she's done it I assume mm. maybe she should have googled the place beforehand she probably she should have, have yeah she would have known the reaction that she would have gotten out of it but I, I do think he's milking it now at but this I stage. also think that he's kind of wrong like he's saying that I know that he called her self-entitled and all that but like you said this has been happening in the media for decades you know like this is what happens if you want to get press I suppose it's just that it's become a slightly different medium you know and yeah. it is self-promotion and like you said Amy you as an actress you probably have to self-promote as well but it's knowing yeah. maybe who to self-promote yourself to and maybe the White Moose Cafe yeah. isn't the one to and you, have to, you have to be very careful on yeah exactly how yeah. you promote yourself and it is and it can be very difficult and tricky and it's a hard kind of line to walk sometimes yeah. I do feel though with uh, Elle that's Elle. 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 Oh, yeah. Elle Elle I thought Ellie Ella Darby Elle well, Mrs. God. Darby. Mrs. Darby <laughs> yeah. with Mrs. Darby. Mrs. Darby. I feel I do genuinely feel though, like if she hadn't have put up that like ream of a video, like like yeah. subjected to twenty Again, minutes, though, like she's a marketer and she's she know what she's yeah. yes, but I'm going if she hadn't have, it would have just died off very quickly. So I've, it, they like, were kind I of playing much... into each other a little bit yeah. then and it became this whole thing. We are going to move on to another topic now, but before we leave this, I do want to ask what you think will happen to the industry now as a result of this and what you think maybe should happen to the industry as a result of this? Well, I think in terms of 
the online bullying which you touched on that isn't something that the influencers can stop themselves I think it's absolutely appalling like yeah. I've spoken to a lot of influencers about the stuff that they're getting I mean they're getting people threatening to kill them they're getting people threatening to kill themselves if they don't contact them like yeah. it's it's really really appalling I mean picking on people's children it's just sending horrible horrible remarks to people like they're real people behind the screen and people need to recognise that but I don't think that influencers can stop that the only people who can stop that are the tech giants who are running these platforms mm. they need to introduce something that prevents these trolls out there yeah, and I I don't see that happening anytime soon, which is awful. And like, it's not fair to say that it's part of the job because it shouldn't be. Yeah, but it it does seem to be for the foreseeable. It's something they're going to just have to. And put what up about with. the photo editing? What about the actual influencers themselves? What do they need to do? And Joanne, to be fair to her, did say that she's learned something from this, and that mm. she's definitely going to. And I've seen it on social media over the last couple of weeks. They're kind of explaining their editing a little bit more. They're saying I used a, a ring light, or I used this, or I used that. You know, so it seems like. Maybe Maybe there's going to be a little bit more transparency, which is only a good thing. And I've seen Joanne, like, uh, since this has all happened, put up posts and explain how she might have changed something previously, but she's decided not to change it now. Yeah. And again, she gets abuse about it. It's like she can do nothing right. Yeah. It's, it's it's very unfair. But yeah, it, it probably does come back to the begrudgery. And obviously she, ha- she does seem to have this amazing life that mm. people want. But I think that when it comes down to photo editing, I think the ASAI will probably look into Step it. In, yeah. And... When it comes to the the legal side of it, I think that a specific law needs to be introduced to handle social media, whether it is the photo editing or it is the trolls. I don't see that happening at an Irish level. I think it'll come in at an EU level and we'll just implement it then yeah. when that happens. But the EU is looking at it. Amy, what do you think? You actually, yeah. you do impersonations of <laughs> of influencers and bloggers yes. on your Instagram. I They're do. very, very good. They're <laughs> funny you. and all in good fun. Yeah, obviously. no, it's, a, it's all good fun. And, and because I don't really follow any particular yeah. uh, social media influencers, um, it's just, it is just a kind of a roundup of that kind of vibe of yeah. kind of, you know... It's so different to what you're like in real life. Yeah. I have to say, your husband is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and whenever Sean is in them, yeah, he's just like, "What are you doing?" I love it. I Can you just do an impression of how you pronounce his name when you're? I'm like Sean. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, and I'm like, "Come on, Sean." It's actually so yeah. funny, and it's always about hailing in love we are, and hashtag couple goals and all of that. Yeah. I was like, and yes. living my real life." It's like, "Yes, he married her despite the impression." Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I force him into it every time. He's like, "Stopping." Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, and I, and I enjoy it because uh, because to to just have a that's how I get over the ridiculousness of all this kind yeah. of social media stuff is just to kind of poke fun a little bit at it and have piss, it yeah, yeah and have a bit of a laugh about it because they are new celebrities and it's it's a territory we're not it's an unfamiliar territory and it is and, and celebrities since years back have been getting kind of you know um not that it's okay but that you know they have people following them they yeah. have people writing them letters saying cruel things about their work and yeah. and I think it might just be the nature of the job but something needs to be in place where we can protect you know uh, both sides both sides the consumer yeah. of this mm. but, but it's 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 a it's a territory we don't know about um, and it's new so but you know there needs to be kind of uh, protection put in place for everybody really definitely okay we are going to take a quick break for our spotlight on sport Tiffany Corselli is originally from Yonkers in New York City she joined me earlier in the week to talk about college basketball and the sport changes life scholarship ahead of the national championships
Tiffany, you're originally from New York, but you're now studying to get a master's in D.C. while playing basketball with DCU Mercy. So we're going to talk about the national championships in a little while, which are coming up this weekend. But first, I have to be honest with you from the get-go. I don't know much about basketball. So, But this is why this is our spotlight on sport. It's because I very much want to know more about it. So it wasn't a sport that I gravitated towards as a child for obvious reasons. I'm like four foot nothing. So <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I know that doesn't mean anything, but so how did you get involved in basketball originally? Um, well, when I was about 12 years old, um, at first, it's hard to believe, but I was like a dancer. And so one summer, my mom was like, Tiffany, like you're going to this basketball camp. And I'm like, I don't want to play basketball. Like, you know, girls don't really play like basketball, you know. And she was like, I'm telling you, like, you're going to go. You're going to have fun. And so I went to to this camp, and it was a week-long camp. And, like, all the coaches was like, wow, you know, you have potential to be something. And I'm like, what? Like, I never really played basketball before. And from that summer, I just stuck with it. And then it just opened up so many opportunities for me. And now I'm here today. So did you play then through high school? Because 12 was actually quite late to start, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, actually, I was. Really, I didn't realize I was so much behind the ball. And I really didn't know that much about basketball myself. And so I only played for the summer. And it wasn't until I got into high school, 10th grade year, when I uh, played and I met a coach. And he was like, oh, do you want to play AAU? And I'm like, what is AAU? And it was basically like a, it's a, a league and... It's kind of gravitated all over now where kid, it's like exposure for kids and college coaches come and they see you play. And kids by 10th grade are committed to go to these high top schools. And I didn't even know this market existed. And so from there, you know, I started, I got into AAU and then everything else just took off. Is it crazy competitive in America? Obviously, basketball is huge there. Was it fun, though, as well? Or was it still, were you very much like eyes on the prize trying to get to college basketball? No, it's fun. Um, I met a lot of people and, and it gave me an opportunity to see like the basketball world. But it is also competitive because the goal is to get a scholarship for college. So you see, uh, parents do sometimes you know get on their kids and sometimes they do take the fun out of it but for the most part you know it is like I got to go to places that I never thought I'd go go to Vegas like Virginia Pennsylvania being a kid I really never left New York it was just like wow yeah so it is great opportunities for kids but then also it is taken really serious because at the end of the day these parents are putting in thousands of dollars for their kids to play at these programs in hopes that their kids will get full scholarships to go to college so you did get a scholarship. You went and played college basketball then. So where was that? Tell me about that. Yes, um, I received a Division One scholarship to Niagara University, which is literally like on the borderline of the U.S. and Canada. So I got to spend my four years in college going back and forth. Oh, wow. But yeah, it's located in Niagara Falls. And it was a beautiful, it was really cold, but it was a beautiful <laughs> campus, really small. But it was setting you up for Ireland, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you did four years there and then... Obviously, you have gone on and you're doing a master's now. Was that kind of to continue to play basketball? Was that an opportunity that, that you wanted? Or was that really just because the opportunity came up to come to Ireland? Um, I still, I, I was going back and forth uh, determining if I wanted to do the overseas thing. And so when I realized about a program called Sport Changes Life, it gave you the opportunity to coach, play, and uh, go to school and it was like oh wow like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and being someone who wants to go into coaching I like I couldn't turn this up and so I applied for the program and I um, got in 
in so it I'm here yeah I'm here now. so we were talking about this a little bit before we started the interview what is this scholarship I'd never heard of it before so how did you find it in the first place well about two years ago one of my teammates from America um, at Niagara she applied for this program and so she did it and that's how I heard about it but basically Sports Changes Life is a non-profit uh, program and it brings kids over from America who have played basketball or golf and um, it hopes to help spread uh, America, the awareness of American basketball here in Ireland so they bring us here to help teach the kids so we do hundreds of hours in community service coaching wow. around Ireland um, it's 24 of us here and we're spread out all throughout Ireland at different schools Trinity Court like all over Yeah. and so basically the, the purpose of the program is to help the kids here in the community of Ireland so how long have you been here? I've been here since August. Oh, right, okay. So yeah. not too long. No, how no. are you finding it? Actually, before I ask you about Ireland in general, how are you finding the basketball community? Because I suppose it's fair to say that it is quite small in Ireland. Yeah. Not a, not a huge amount of kids would go into it from a very young age. So how are you finding that? Um, honestly, it isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Because like, some people kind of kind of was like, oh, like the kids are not going to be that talented and they really don't take it seriously and blah, blah, blah. So I had a whole kind of different perception coming in but honestly like the kids I know that I'm fortunate to coach like they're the nicest kids I've ever met and like they listen and so they just looking for opportunities and it's not that many opportunities and so I feel like if they had more gym time and stuff like that that it would help them to be better basketball players but I, I don't think that they're as bad as people make it seem like basketball here is not as bad so I could still take it up if I want to do. Yeah, you can play. <laughs> I, I can play. So national championships this weekend, though. So you're going to be playing Glanmire. Do I have that right? Yep. So they're chasing five cup titles in a row. Yep. And you're with DCU Mercy, who haven't won the cup since 2011. So how are you feeling about it? Um, Aspirations. <laughs> yeah, hope. I mean, I, by the time this comes out, by the way, we'll know. So this okay. is coming out on Monday. So we'll know if we want whether you're national champions. So before that, you can put everything on the table. <laughs> Tell us exactly how you think. Think it's gonna go well as a competitor obviously you want to win yeah um being that we did beat them two times this so far this year um it, we know we're confident that we could beat them again but then also in the back of my mind we do know okay they they are going to come out hungry yeah. they are going to want to beat us and so therefore you know they always say it's hard to beat a team three times but i'm also confident in my coach and my teammates that we will do the necessary things that we need to do to to end up getting a win on sunday and also the team that you coach are in a cup final as well so that's the under 20s yep on friday so how are they how are they poised um a lot of them actually play with me too oh, right, okay. on my super league team so you know coaching them i just tell them you got to take it game by game because a lot of them actually are in three games so they're going to play Friday, Saturday and Sunday so they're looking to go 3-0 and for the weekend but I just told them you know you got to take it day by game by game day by day you got to just live in a moment and enjoy it so don't worry about Saturday don't worry about Sunday just right now your main focus should be on Friday and so they're looking to win two in a row and so hopefully on Friday they, they end up victorious and then it's back to college on Monday yeah <laughs> and we have a game too for college so With very sore bodies I would imagine <laughs> so how much longer are you going to be in Ireland then when do you get your masters um, at the end of May I'm okay. supposed to head back to New York and how do you see your future planning out do you think basketball will be a part of your future Um, yeah because I'm, I'm, I really want to go into coaching so if I continue playing or if it's coaching basketball is going to be in my life <laughs> Tiffany Corselli, thank you so much for joining me. And by the time this comes out, I'm hoping that you're going to be a national champ. <laughs> me too. <laughs> thank you. 
Okay, so we're back. Award season is in full swing. This year, the conversation has changed a little bit, though. It's not just about the dresses or the nominations. The Time's Up movement is a unified call for change that addresses the inequality and injustice in the workplace that women have faced in the entertainment industry. And it's now kind of spilling out into other industries as well. So it all started off with Weinstein and now the dam has well and truly burst. So with new allegations, it seems to be coming out pretty much daily. So Amy, you're an actress and you've worked in the industry for over 10 years now. First off, can I ask, have you ever experienced any discrimination in your industry because of your gender? Well, I think that's just, I think it's just, it comes with the job as a, yeah. as a, as a female actress, you know, um, or female actor. Yes. Um, there, well, when I was coming out, definitely from drama school, they're just in terms of discrimination there's just not enough parts for women right. there's not enough good parts for women you're always the uh, the wife or the girlfriend um, or the and, love interest or the love interest mm. um, but I do think that is slowly changing in terms of discrimination like you know um, it would just be the parts the roles yeah. that kind of thing um, also actually men are often signed up to agents far quicker Really? Than women, yeah, a hundred percent. The the agents will often come to a show more so looking for men because there's so many women in the industry. It can be very difficult. Yeah. Um, and in terms of kind of sexual harassment, yeah, like mild, but yeah. yeah, well, like I say, mild as in like, oh, they, you know, I wasn't uh, groped or raped, but yeah. yeah, and it's so awful that you that you then go you know, in levels of going, well, that's okay, yeah. you know. Well, I suppose this whole fine. this whole movement, and it kind of started off with the hashtag, the Me Too hashtag. Yeah. And since then, it, it's kind of making you think about maybe incidences and stuff that have mm. happened. Um, Colette, what do you think about this whole campaign? Do you think that it's going to evoke change? I definitely think it is. Not, I, I don't know if it'll evoke any legal change, but I think that it'll be interesting in terms of how women think yeah. when they're in certain situations. I mean... I know for myself, like looking back over, you know, when I started working and and that kind of thing, certain things that were said to me that now I feel like I would call out because yeah. I look back and I'm like, actually, that's not OK to say to someone um, like one of my first ever jobs. My boss at the time said to me that we were going to meet someone for a professional meeting mm-hmm. and he said I should wear a tight skirt to the meeting. Ugh. And <laughs> oh no, I just felt really awkward and didn't know. I was I was a lot younger as well, yeah. and you don't know what to do in those situations. But then, when when something like this happens, and you, you can think and say, actually, no, that's that's not a normal thing to do, and it's not like lads, lads, lads banter. It's yeah. it's making someone feel uncomfortable, and that's not right. Mm. And it's usually it's usually to do with our looks as well as women. Yeah. Like I find that, and I think sometimes, like you said, Colette, when I was starting out in the industry as well. You know, somebody made an off the cuff comment about no one's going to take you seriously if you wear that color lipstick. And I was just I just remember being like, oh, I don't know what to say to this. I just want to get myself out of the room. And it was just that instant sense of uncomfortable, just not feeling like. But I didn't say anything. And I feel like if it happened now, I would say something and I'd be more comfortable. But it's it's really unfortunate that it's taken like 300 women to wear black at the Golden Globes. But then the thing that kind of annoyed me about that is that at the Golden Globes, for example, 300 women wore black. And then the people on the red carpet, the reporters and stuff, still just asked the same questions. It's almost like there's this awkwardness now where people are all supporting it and they're wearing the pins. 
but it almost feels like everyone's walking on eggshells. Like the men in Hollywood, for example, are absolutely terrified. You can yeah. tell. Yeah. Uh, you can tell that they're thinking about every date that they've ever had. Yeah. You can tell that they don't know what to say to female actors. And it's it's kind of like, is it actually going to change things or are people just going to get, get a bit awkward and then move on and it's going to be the same again? I think you need to, in order for it to move forward and change, you need to get men on board. Yeah. So not to kind of view them as the enemy. And I thought like... Um, Oprah's speech was brilliant yeah. because she basically was saying all these men and women and she was she kept bringing men into her speech men into the sub, into the into the issue because um, and not and not as the villain yeah. she was saying you know there's good men and we'll all you know we should all work together for this um, so I think because me, if men feel vilified yeah. um, they're instantly going to close up and it's going to be a like, oh, women, like our men haters, all these women. And, yeah. and I think it's it's a very, you have to be very delicate about it and, you know, uh, not tar every man with the same brush because there are lovely men in the industry. 100%. You know, yeah. uh, who, who would call it immediately. And it's about bringing them into the, into the conversation as well, I think. I suppose one of the things that kind of confused a lot of people and Colette, I'd like to know what you think about this, is when the Aziz Ansari kind of allegations came out and you know it kind of split people down the middle people were like that's just a bad date you know and then mm-hmm. on the other side of it is like well no woman or man should ever be put in a in a situation where they feel uncomfortable but it's taken it away from Weinstein the like clear cut sexual assault to more of a, a mindset I suppose and more of what's right and what's wrong yeah, I think that that situation was completely different to Weinstein. Like Weinstein was about someone in, He's a in a position of mm. power yeah. who could destroy your career, making you do things that you don't want to do or else if you don't do them, your career is over. Um, that scenario was was different to that because, again, like I can see people's arguments that it was a bad date and at no point did it seem that he wouldn't let her leave the apartment or mm. anything like that. I, it it was a horrible read um, in terms of, you know, I, I felt so sorry for her. Yeah. And I was like, I can't imagine being in that kind of situation. It's it's awful. But I still think that maybe when, when those kind of things come into the scenario, it does take from like the very, very serious assaults. Not that that isn't... It's not. It's not a serious assault in in comparison to to what other things have happened in the industry, and I would also question the reporting on it. I yeah. mean, I had never heard of the website before. I think it was Babe.net. Mm. and you know, do we know for sure the facts the were sources, reported yeah. accurately? Like, did they have three sources? That kind of thing, yeah. and like some some of the things it focused in on, like, oh, I wanted red wine, but he had ordered white wine, like. That's that's grand. Like, yeah, yeah it was it, really, like, yeah. like I'd drink whatever they gave me. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wine is wine, right? Yeah. So yes. I think that, that maybe that would dilute the issue. But then I hate when people are like, oh, well, how are men ever going to know how to hit on a woman ever again? Uh, do you guys know of any relationship that started by someone hitting some woman on the ass or like, yeah. you know, shouting at her from across the street? Like there are lines there. And I mean, like uh, no woman I know has accidentally like put her hand down a guy's pants. I yeah. mean, there's, <laughs> there's just... Oh, sorry, I just brushed yeah. off yeah. your penis. Yeah, yeah it, just, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So yeah. they just, just 
cop on just use common sense I mean it's not like society relationships are over now because we've decided that it's not okay for men to make women feel uncomfortable I think that it's really good that this is gathering so much momentum and mm. that it's getting so much media coverage at the moment do you think that as working as an actor in the industry that you're going to see a change now Amy moving forward oh god I think I already well I think I already have you know in the sense of with kind of waking the feminists and things like that I know it's not directly about the, the sexual assault and yeah. Me Too campaign but even just the change of, of, of women coming into the industry a little bit more um, and you can see but a slow change Yeah. but you know I, I can definitely see a, a, a difference with when I graduated from drama school and what was open and what was available to me and now the change in that you know and I, I, the, I know with the um, I was never directly involved in any of it but I know with the Gate Theatre with Michael Colgan there's a, a lot of kind of blogging and uh, yeah. inter, uh, kind of allegations going around as well um, and obviously you always hear whispers and things like that you know and so when I left drama school these are the people I was auditioning for um, you know um, people similar That's and frightening yeah horrific and I remember uh, you know and, and nowadays someone just out of the industry is auditioning for completely different people these people aren't in power now because you know they've the silence has been broken yeah um and i remember i i, I went to an audition um it was for it was for an irish theater and and the director met me in london and uh it was uh in a hotel conference room <laughs> don't worry <Okay. laughs> conference room uh so it was which is normal you know when when the directors are coming over and it was just myself and the director and he you know i was i was doing the part and uh you know he then asked me to uh he said oh can you act it like you're flirting with me and i was like so and that was weird because I, I just remember feeling so uncomfortable. I was young. Was there I was, other people around though? Nope. I was on my own in the room with him. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. and 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 he's he's uh, he's known as a creep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember I, I I just remember kind of going, but and it wasn't even like he said, can this character do it and pretend that I'm you know this oh, character and awful. like you're flirting with me. I was going okay, and then I rem- I remember doing it, but in a real kind of like yeah, fu yeah, way, yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, yeah, and I kind of did it, but but very, I think he knew. I I I don't think I come off well with, you know, guys like that because I'm always just like, right, yeah. You want to be flirted with, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll flirt with you, like <laughs> manic, aggressive, uh, aggressive. Flirting, yeah. right, okay. But like sitting across from the table. But I, you know, I can definitely see that that's not really happening now. Yeah. Or if it is, people are going to be called on it immediately because as soon as, uh, as soon as that thing about Michael Colgan came out in the, day, the gate, um, a whole letter was, you know, signed for by very well-known working actors and writers and people in the industry. Um, and I, I, you know, and and put out saying, you know, that they wanted the 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 board at the gate to like address these yeah. allegations. Um. So yeah, I definitely think there's a change, and you know, but it's a real shame. You like, it's a real shame. I've I've had another incident before, like on set when I was away working, um, on a movie, and, uh, yeah, someone trying basically trying to kiss me at my at my hotel room door, and mm-hmm. I was going no 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 no, and just yeah. like. Uh, so these things out happen. of nowhere, you know, they, mm. these things do happen, and um, but I, you know, I, I, but there's a change, but it's a real pity. It had to. Well, I'm saying I had to go through with ten years of it, but other people had to go through twenty, thirty, mm. yeah, forty years of it. I suppose it's one of those things that 
I think a change is happening. I think it's unfortunate that it has to happen and that it's taken so long. Mm. I always equate things back to like my own industry. So Colette, you probably know yourself working as a woman in the media. Like it's it's always been tough. It, it's been tough for for years. Mm. And I think especially in terms of giving women voices is very important. Mm. So whether the women in Hollywood are 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 going to evoke change straight away I'm not sure but for example like in Ireland getting more female voices on air I think would be a really great way to kind of start moving towards more equality because it all comes back to the fact that men and women should be treated the same regardless of their gender I think that there there is an effort to get more women's voices on air if you look at any of the recent announcements and then then people argue that it's tokenism tokenism? I think it's tokenism but you know what how are they going to do it if if people are going to accuse it of tokenism anyway and I think so many of the women that have been announced are actually fantastic and have been overlooked for years and maybe people copped on a bit and realised that it is tokenism but it's probably the only way that it's going to happen immediately gender quotas in the doll like I 100% I'm in favour of gender quotas because we're. Not, I don't want to wait on another 150 years for it to sort itself out naturally. Yeah, I mean, absolutely it. not. Mm. So I think that that. I mean, the media is interesting as well. I mean, we're, we have our own waking the media movement at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. At the moment in Ireland, there is no female editor of a national newspaper. Obviously, mm. there is in, in the Journal.ie, but I mean, it's actually going backwards instead of forwards. Like at a time where we used to have, you know, Anne Harris at the Sunday Independent and. We we had Geraldine Kennedy at the Irish Times now there is none I mean what are the arguments there yeah. um, it will be interesting to see what does happen in the future but there is an there is a problem in Ireland in terms of our defamation laws that so many of these accusations have come out in the US because people feel free to talk about them and I'm, I'm not advocating trial by the media but things like Michael Colgan Grace had to write a blog about that because people weren't able to publish that in their newspapers because of the laws. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be very very interesting to see if that's going to change. Yeah. No, I agree completely. That is all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much to my guest panelists Colette Sexton and Amy Devroon. Thanks to Joanne Larby and our athlete of the week Tiffany Corselli. Shane Dempsey was on sound. Anya Leach and Kat Stewart are my behind the scenes squad this week. I'm Neve Marr. Don't forget to subscribe on all the things that you subscribe on, and we'll chat to you next week. Mm-hmm.